0: I'm Ron McKellum, director of Nintendo Quest, and you're listening to your game source. What's up world? Uh, I just you know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean,
1: you know, I I don't know. They they insert here yo It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick mad that game sucked and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make and it just sucked even more cause they put a connect
0: with it uh,
1: uh, angry Nick mad
0: or if there's violence I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun
1: kaz hazari Haza Harari. kaz harai.
0: Harai. harai harai they just kind of got tired of angry and Nick on the first one and said I'm gonna pass Chris. oh yes, yes I, I do. do it's me precisely no no, no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work no no you guys just don't do it Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical.
1: I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my
0: personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god. God, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a, it's podcast? It's Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game
1: podcast.
0: You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Hey, hey you is, get it! Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you first. Hey, this is Aaron, OSU Water Polo, here with Gerald, otherwise known as Yes Elvis Lives of yourgamesource.com.
1: I think that's going to be my whole monogram. Instead of changing, making it "Yes Elvis Lives," it's Gerald. Better do this. "Yes Elvis <laughs> Lives" because it's the whole thing. It seems like I say a lot. Yes. Uh, welcome and uh, thanks again for being part of our uh, Game Source podcast. Um, we're gonna give this a, a try B. here. B. <laughs> yes, one hundred six B. Yes, I just drew a
0: B in the air. I know no one could figure what, out what that is, but whatever. Uh,
1: it's our second stab at it, but uh, great to try it again. Uh, thanks again for watching, or listening for that matter, um, right here at the world-famous Source podcast. Uh, this podcast, we're not going to cover a whole lot as far as the news aspect. Um, we're just going to cover as far as, because it's, we're taping this on the verge of, of really the, the big, big, big time of the year for video game fans and uh, video game sales. Um, We're covering the holiday season, so we're going to take a look at some titles that uh, maybe you're you're counting on this holiday season, as far as it's concerned. Uh, Some titles that uh, may or may not be looking at, and we'll judge whether or not those titles will succeed this fall. And then uh, last but not least, uh, take a look at definitely what what the console makers are going to do and how they're going to proceed, because we have some very definitive thoughts on both. Well, on all three, Nintendo, uh, Sony, and Microsoft. So I want to start with you, Aaron, uh, as far as your thoughts on, well, actually what's coming out the week we make this podcast, and that's going to be the game that you have a definite, definite high opinion on, uh, Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS. Um, What are your thoughts on it so far, where do you think it's going to go, and how does that lean into the... Uh, and I'm going to say this, I'm sorry to say this, the problems for Nintendo fans and the, uh, the stigma that's there because the the issues with the Wii U version still not even having a, a definite release date as of this point.
0: Um, let's see. I, I think it's going to be a big pillar of their holiday uh, release schedule. They definitely are, are, for the 3DS for sure, relying on that. I don't think Amiibo is um, going to you know take the number one spot for them with only 12 figures, and it only works for well, Smash Brothers. They so. haven't even,
1: after initially talking about it and initially showing them, they've kind of quieted or cooled the amiibo aspect of yeah, it as far as Yeah, I haven't heard, heard
0: anything concerned. except from E3, and then, oh yeah, they were available for pre-order. That's the extent of what okay. I've heard of them.
1: But, with, with Skylanders, with but I'll tell you this: with Skylanders and Disney Infinity, they both had a lot of pub, especially in the weeks weeks going into the release of of both of these these series. And Amiibo, you have to consider as as an alternative to those two different uh, uh, IPs. I
0: don't I don't know I don't know that I really consider it an alternative yeah, yeah. because they are built for one specific game series whereas amiibo it's going to be collectible characters with game functionality for multiple different games so while they are similar they're still they're more like cousins and siblings but
1: to the consumer you got to go to the general yes. consumer you could throw Skylanders, Disney Infinity, and Amiibos in a hat, and then they're all going to think it's the same thing.
0: Yes, yes. And, and, and unfortunately, they'd be wrong, but Nintendo has not done a very good job of explaining what exactly Amiibo is going to do. I, I, I why, do you think, why do you think there is that sudden silence on the project? Because I, I think they rushed them. I think they needed a whole other year on them. Um, But the problem was, if you waited a whole other year, you weren't getting it for Smash. And Smash is going to be probably the best time to sell it, other than a system launch. Um, You know, it it, it works with Smash, but as far as I've heard, it only lets you, like, save your character settings, basically. So that you can take your Amiibo to a friend's house and play it on on, on their Wii U with your settings and your things unlocked. It's kind of like a really cool USB port. That that's what Amiibo is to me at this point in time. It's collectible characters okay. on top of a USB port. A- and when I think of it like that, you know, it depends on how much storage room there is, but that's not a that's not a terrible price scheme for a USB a I, character.
1: I want to ask you again on this. I I know I did before in a previous uh, semi recording. Uh, <laughs> the 3DSs that are available. For that that are available currently that they're going to promote as far as with the bundles are the Super the Smash audience. 3DS bundles uh, you know the the NES remix um, classic uh, NES uh, 3DS bundle um, what are your thoughts as far as do you think that this is going to be uh, somewhat confusing with the new 3DS um, coming in the over the landscape you know we're because it's basically telling consumers we want you to buy this now, but oh wait, in the not too distant future we want to buy a new one because it's going to have more of such and such and such and such. You yeah. know that that's going to be more <coughs> features
0: on it that are required for specific games. You know it's not just a bigger screen or a longer battery life. You know hardware what do, what upgrades. Does, it's actual like physical features. Well what does Nintendo
1: say was... to someone that just bought that three D S this holiday? That that uh, Super Smash Bros. three DS this holiday.
0: Well, I I think Nintendo's gonna say go buy a new one, you're out of luck. Um un- unfortunately NOA is behind the ball on it. I believe both Japan and Europe have announced um bundles for the new three D S. Uh supposedly. Would you for this have waited until next holiday? Would you have waited to next holiday on that? No. Because, they, again, they had to get it out with Smash and Amiibo. Because there's so many things that are... that, that Smash does that an Amiibo is going to do that are that, that system does. And if I don't go buy the adapter for my current system, because I know they're going to come out with that system next year, and, and as soon as I heard... Amiibo was having a 3DS adapter. I knew there was another system coming. I did, I, I'm I. i in shock it was this year. I'm glad it was this year. I just wish they'd make bundles on it. But they have to capitalize on all the hype that Smash is going to bring. This is probably going to be one of their best 3DS Christmases on record. Because of Smash. Um, I, I think people are going to want to go out and grab a system and play Smash. And if they can get... The, the the system. There's no release date on the system in the states, is there? I haven't heard one. No, but
1: while we're having this podcast, I'm going to be checking it, uh, okay. and I can look at it.
0: Uh, I so... I know I've heard like I've heard European bundles announced for it for this holiday, so that I'm that's where I'm kind of confused. But um, it's just. Why, why are all of the bundles the old system? Yes, I know it's the holidays. People are cheap. People want to save. Are going to buy the, the, the smallest thing they can. Th- and, and Thinking that they'll just buy the accessories and whatnot later. Whereas I'd rather what? see the big bundle right now with everything I need. You know? If the game, if the
1: 3DS, if the 3DS game is coming out this week, then I'm assuming that the 3DS bundle's coming out for it this week as well. Correct? But or it it's came a out. Actually, it, 3DS it, it, came, okay, but it actually came out. Didn't it come out a couple of days before? Does it come I don't a little bit
0: before? I've been looking okay. at so many Smash release dates between Japan, Europe, here, and all of the different bundles that they are all going to carry. And dates and things that they they're they're just all running together in my head right now okay um
1: so but I mean about the wii u version, and that seems to be the twenty five thousand dollar question next year um next year you've been next year. adamant you've been definitely adamant on that um and and my question is uh would it
0: be a mistake to not get it
1: yes. Okay. Well
0: you already took that out. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a mistake if they don't put it out this holiday season. Because what else am I gonna buy this holiday season? What else is going to make me go out and buy a Wii U? Hyrule Warriors? Bayonetta two? Uh yeah, they're gonna sell probably five systems each, but It's
1: already it's already available on, on uh in the US marketplace. So I just wanted to on the Super Smash 3DS bundle. It okay. is already available. Uh, it's coming out in advance of the actual Nintendo th- uh, the the actual game itself. So the actual game is going to release Did it come October with the 3rd. game?
0: Did it come with a digital yes. copy of the game? Which means Yeah. Yeah. So it's just but I mean for the Wii U if they don't get it out and they need to announce it within by the end of this month, which is, you know, two days away. <laughs> they, they need to a- announce that it's coming in November, maybe yes. early December, but they need to announce it now so that people get it on their Christmas list. Um, I I, I don't see any other huge name um titles that are are for the uh Wii U because we talked about this
1: earlier. Hyrule Warriors. You you have a great opinion on it. You you think it's a, a really solid title. But I'm not going to system it's Yeah, it's not a system seller. It's not a mover for it. Bayonetta 2 has uh, come out. It's actually gotten a great word of mouth. Just as good, if not better, than, than its predecessor. But it's not a system seller. Yeah. It's not even even in Japan. It's not moving the system by itself, um, which is kind of disappointing in that as- in that uh, aspect. So, I mean,
0: they're going to create a bump, but I wouldn't even call
1: it a speed bump, you know? Like what we talked earlier about GTA. Yeah. Um, um, yes, indeed. So that leads me to the question, do you see an issue with uh, Nintendo as far as, do you see a lot of problems with them uh, if if the Wii U well, um, the doesn't get that... that because I personally have said, and I've been criticized heavily for it, that a Super Smash Bundle for the Wii U is a natural, uh, and that it ha- it basically packages itself with the characters involved, the ver- a lot of the very best that Nintendo has to offer, and I think it's you know just as much a glorified commercial for the Nintendo product just as much as a great game. Absolutely. But
0: I, I mean, but... I think the bundles out right now that I've been looking at are three hundred bucks and it's uh, Nintendo Land, uh, the New Super Mario Brothers, and Luigi's or no, New Luigi Mario Brothers, I think. I should probably look that up before I open my big mouth next time. But, you know, it, it's basically a game, an expansion, and Nintendo Land, plus the Wii U for three hundred bucks. I think if they put Smash, um, the 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 Mario and Luigi game, both you know. The system, um, the the GameCube controller that, that's Smash branded, couple of Amiibos, um, about four hundred bucks. That would be a, that would be a great bundle to me. Yes, it is more expensive, but yes, and also well.
1: Uh, you, the closer you get it to the 400 break-even point, especially with the rumors that Xbox One is going to reduce its yeah. price. And, and then play, PlayStation 4. I mean, you know, you're talking about Xbox One with a free game already at $399. they are talking about, like I said, going lower. PS4, I know that a lot of retailers, if there is not a bundle with a game at 399 there's going to be a lot of retailers selling a PS4 bundle with a free game at 399 uh, especially during the black friday period just to try and get people in the door. Absolutely. So uh, and and the closer that we get to the next gen systems my fear is the less people will be interested in the product no matter how many great things are in that box.
0: But the 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 bundles that have come with Skylander or Disney Infinity over the past couple of years that are 100 or i, I one of them at one point was $150 more than any other bundle on that system they still sold out they sold extremely well and so if they do want to compare it to you know Skylanders or Disney Infinity and they put you know th- Smash Brothers the controller um, three or four Amiibos in because um, I think they're like 13 bucks each but I mean if they throw in enough value into it I think they could go to 400 350 would definitely be more preferable but this is Nintendo we're talking about. I could I could see them going 400 on something like that. But if they did that, I think it would give a run. Uh, to, uh, it would give the PS4 a run for its money for the holiday season. I don't think it would beat it, but it wouldn't you know be tripled or quadrupled. It'd probably be like 70% of where the PlayStation 4 is. So so both you and I are in
1: agreement that the Wii. Uh, for the Wii U to succeed, and for Nintendo to
0: succeed as a whole. They need a bundle with Smash Brothers for the Wii U, absolutely. Well,
1: basically, in a nutshell, Super Smash has to be released. it
0: needs a GameCube controller included with it. It needs to throw in an amiibo at at the minimum. Um, Just because if you can get an amiibo into players' hands, and it's as amazing as they make it out to be, Um, Or at least they did at E3. Once somebody has one, it's going to be the it could be the Pokemon effect of I've got to get them all, you know. Yeah. So getting one into players' hands is a good thing, and they need to start having more bundles that have the Amiibos in them. At least
1: to get uh, at least to get that idea over and that concept over as well. Absolutely. So uh, we're covered, Nintendo. And their hopes for the future, uh, at least the near which future, which
0: again bleak because they have no games, which is a problem they've had for years. So, <laughs> um, what I want to talk
1: about next is, I think there's a uh, when I looked at the the game releases over the next few weeks, um, three games come to mind as a, a three games that I think are going to make it or break it. As far as being a game that uh, that could break out in some form or fashion, or a game that could uh, pretty much get swept up uh, in the sea of of Call of Duties and Grand Theft Autos and um, NBA 2Ks and and Sasuke. things of that nature. All our
0: annual games.
1: Exactly, and and could get uh, lost in the shuffle and uh, be be floundering. Um, and I'll first start with. The one that's coming out this week, which has gotten a lot of of, of good good vibes, good reviews so far across the internet, um, something that that we're looking forward to very much here at Game Source about getting our hands on um, from our good friends at Warner Brothers, *A uh, Shadow Mordor*, and from speaking as someone from uh, you know who who loves the Lord of the Ring uh, realm, Mary, you know, Mary, my wife does as well, and. Obviously, we named two kids after the Lord of the Rings series, so obviously we must have some affinity for it. Um, Shadow of Mordor what has shown... I just thought
0: that was an odd coincidence.
1: <laughs> yes, what can I say? Uh, Shadow of Mordor has uh, presented itself as as very well, but obviously you don't have the marketing campaign that that some other hits, like, like Destiny, for example, Watch Dogs and things of that nature have had. Uh, do you see... With a good enough word of mouth, do you see that actually progressing forward as a title that could be reckoned with uh, later on this
0: year? Absolutely, especially if they had it launch um, uh, alongside the movie. And if the movie had a trailer for it, every person who's going to go see that movie, which is like every person who's not living under a rock, would see the trailer for it. and it, It's got a compelling enough gameplay gimmick that I think people would, could be drawn to it. Um, yeah, it definitely is one of those games that it's, it's a, a, could be a breakout hit or it could be a, you know, game that gets swept under the rug, unfortunately. Um, it, it, it has the potential to go either way. The, the mechanics of it, you know, where every game I play is going to be different. Um, so if you and I are both playing it and I you know kill the the leader of the orc troop and you don't kill him he manages to escape you and he becomes your rival you know you're gonna have one experience wh- where that guy is the guy you go after and I'm gonna be over here laughing at you haha ha, I killed him early on. I don't have to worry about him anymore, but I have someone else who's my rival or Maybe uh, Angry Nick somehow convinced him to join his side, and so now he's actually helping Nick, you know, feeding him information, being a spy for him, things like that, Um, whereas he's still your rival. And so you have a different experience every time you go through the game. Um, Recruiting the bad guys is definitely uh, a cool thing on a game like that. I mean, it's been done in RPGs before, But it's always but the actual
1: actual concept that you can go ahead and and uh, take over um, and and just you know I guess as you progress in the game you get the powers of manipulation and to be able to to manipulate several of the orc troops and see your orcs that you've manipulated that you're you know using as your puppets see them go up the chain of Mordor. And, and being able to, uh, you know, you become, you become ultimately more powerful because of that is yes. awesome. Yes. Or the fact that if you, if you get defeated in battle, they uh, those orcs or, you know, whatever creatures that from the Lord of the Rings realm that, that defeats you get strength or not even promoted for that, that reason. Well, Th- those aspects were something that I wasn't aware of until very recently yes. with the game, and those have become very intriguing and, and attractive aspects of it and I, I really think that that players well i'm as i mentioned going to mention here in a, in a plus one um you know later this week if if people are not listening to this podcast or watching this podcast they have got to look out for Shadow Mordor because it is probably going to be one of the most if not the most um i think it'll be one of the say, best ground, new ips this year exactly and one of the most ground supported uh ips uh of this year and not all that. It's the title that that you know is going to come out of left field and, and be the the most um, how should I say the 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 uh, the most deserving title of, of its of, of its riches of any kind out that are out there because you know the the swell of ground support for that game is going to be I think really really solid and I really think by the year's end you're going to see a, a lot of good good feeling and not only from game of the year awards and things of that nature but ultimately i think it will translate even into even sales for that matter so
0: well i mean it's a lord of the rings game and i've been playing lord of the rings games since like the super nintendo i regret that purchase very very much but you know i've been playing them off and on since and i don't ever recall any single lord of the rings game that just made me go oh my god That game is amazing. There have been some good ones. But there's never been anything that is one of those, you know, top-tier games that you're still talking about years later. Um, There's never really been... Okay, that Super Nintendo game was really, really bad. But Uh since the movies, there's never been really a bad, horrible, horrible... um, Lord of the Rings game. It's always a middle-of-the-road game if you like Lord of the Rings or that style of game. You're going to like that game. But there's, it's never been, you know, amazingly good or amazingly bad. It, and this has the potential to be amazingly good if players get the mechanics. If players don't get the mechanics, it's going to be amazingly bad. But I, I, from what I've seen... I'm really digging it, and um, I almost wish I had pre-ordered a collector's edition on this one, but I just, I'm not quite sold. I'm, I'm on the verge of being sold on this game.
1: Well, it, it's its point where you can play it as a hack and slash, you can play it as a stealth, or you can play it as a total RPG, um, and, and I think those unique aspects uh, really make it uh, something worthwhile. I know my, uh, our review uh, will actually be on the GameSource site this week of it as well, along with uh, reviews of FIFA, um, Gauntlet, and others. Um, I know that that's you know, something that, that a lot of people are going to look forward to as far as the game is concerned. Uh, but I really think it's the, the, going to be the one, the, one of those games that's really going to come out of nowhere to surprise a lot of people. And I really think, uh, I have high hopes hope for it, it because it really looks good. I hope it does, too, because it, it uses also the fighting techniques um, that the Batman Arkham Asylum series, you know, from one of their sister studios at Warner Brothers, um, is, you know, so famous for. So, that being said, it's just, it's got a nice pedigree, it's got a nice background, and I really, really see a good, this being, for me, one of the best Lord of the Rings, game, Rings games, games, um, games, Since well, I played the Two Towers. I absolutely loved the Two Towers. It was mindless hack and slash, but it was as a co-op game. It really, really was an enjoyable experience. So I'm I'm going to relate it to that. Uh, The last EA effort uh, for the Lord of the Rings universe may have not been the the greatest, um, but it certainly wasn't the worst. I should say game I've ever played, Um, but. It uh, it was all right. I know it got trashed uh, critically, um, but it, but this I think will do go a long way to redeeming that that uh, value. And then Lord of the Rings Online, you know that that's been a semi-successful series for the past few years.
0: Yeah, yeah. But again, none of them are. I mean, Two Towers is. I'll, I'll give you that Two Towers is probably the best Lord of the Rings game um, that I can think of, and. Uh, you know, there were there were some I don't want to quite call them stinkers, but subpar games, but they were not so terrible as to completely tarnish the brand the way that uh Aliens Colonial Marines probably is. Yes, and I'll touch on that in a sec.
1: Uh War in the North was was pretty solid I think for a three player yeah. action game. Uh, and then uh Aragorn's Quest was uh love it or leave it. But uh, like I said, nothing really bad. Uh, really horribles come out of the Lord of the Rings series, uh, but this could be the best venture yet for the yes. Lord of the Rings series. I, I have It, a high, it really I,
0: looks I like strong, it's going to be the best
1: one. By far. I, I really have a strong feeling as well, and I concur with that, and I really look for that title to be something that uh, could see a lot more interest than what was initially perceived. And, and to a lot of people, this was going to be, a lot of pundits were pointing to this game as being what game that was going to get really snowed over, uh, too. And I, I think it may be the other way around. It and it may might be one of the most but it's underappreciated games.
0: It, it's definitely gonna oh, yeah. take some word of mouth of gamers, Lord of the Rings fans, things like that to get this game to where it deserves to be. Because it I is think coming be... out at the holiday season, competing against you know, the annuals, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, NBA. Well right? I think the... Well, I think that
1: you'll see the uh, shine is actually in the end of the year awards, as far as it's concerned. It'll it'll fare very highly uh, in those awards. Not gonna say it's gonna win anything, but I think it'll very fare very strongly because uh, it seems to be in a, Yes, so uh, it, $10, $10, $20 it looks like price
0: cut, and it, the sales should take off.
1: Yes, and it, and it looks like it's gonna get a strong Medicare rating overall, and and uh, Warner Bros should be ecstatic with the way it's progressing, and I I see good things coming from that. Absolutely, you mentioned. You mentioned Aliens Colonial Marines. Well the worst game uh, ever, ahead. except for maybe E. T. It's pretty close. No, it's not it's not the worst game ever. I, I played it and gave it a hearty five out of ten.
0: But you were also uh, rounding to the nearest five that was not zero. <laughs> I, I played I
1: played worse trash. Um there were some multiplayer aspects of that game that might be worse salva- that was worth salvaging for maybe ten minutes. But we move on. <laughs> <laughs> to do a um, new aliens game. I do a new aliens game. And that game is going to be Aliens Isolation or Alien Isolation. Uh from their folks uh at Sega. And um I just uh, wanna make sure everybody knows out there it's coming October seventh. And it's funny because it seemed like every game in the the Western hemisphere was gonna be released on October seventh a couple months ago. But uh <laughs> It's either due to delays next year or to moving up either a week forward or a week back. It's, it's October 7th, kind of looks a little bit easier now. But um, Alien Isolation from our folks at Sega, um, this is something that they're they're still holding their hopes on, uh, holding on to the Alien license, hoping that it will finally pay off for them. Um, a lot of pundits have... have showed a lot of interest in it because the the horror aspect of it that it returns to that type of atmosphere i think a lot of um pundits are looking for a return to the to the to the um dead space that's i ex- guess that's original. what it
0: looks like to me was right. was a very dead space game set in an aliens universe
1: and and i think that's what they're they're a- they're asking for they're hoping for but uh, my question to you is Do you really see that game actually panning out the way that Sega wants it to?
0: No, I I don't. Because of Colonial Marines, it left such a bad taste in gamers' mouths. And gamers focus on the negative. It's kind of what we do. And I, I, I think it might be able to, if it's a good enough game, I think it might be able to get that taste out of our mouth. And so that we're more open to whatever game comes after that. And I think that's the best case uh, scenario for Sega. Is that they do have that the next game people are actually caring about. Whereas right now, I don't think many people outside of Sega and diehard Alien fans are really hoping that this game does well. Um, Just, you know, gamers are bitter. If the last game was bad, we typically skip this one. Um, You've seen it in quite a few other series where, you know, they had one bad game, they gave it to a new studio. That new studio makes an amazing game. Critics adore it. But nobody goes out and buys it because they wasted their 60 bucks on the last one.
1: Because, yeah, because they have such a bad taste in their mouth. Yes. Uh, because of the last one, and so you see that happening here.
0: Absolutely, um, I, I mean it might do. It should be profitable, assuming it's as good as it sounds. It should be profitable enough to where they decide, okay, we can do another game. You know, the the next game in the series. Let's go ahead and greenlight it, and we'll we'll see a, a you know a sequel to it. Um, and, and I think that sequel has the potential to do really, really well. Um, at that point, I just I don't see this game being as good as it needs. Getting the sales that that style of game would have gotten if there was no Colonial Marines. Yeah. I, I think Colonial Marines has probably killed 60% of the potential sales, just right off the bat.
1: I can't say I, I can't say I blame you in that estimation because, obviously, that's one of the greatest debacles of, of, of you the know, modern video modern video gaming history, and and you know there's still I, I believe there's the still Matrix? legal. You, well, <laughs> over a million people bought that you know game, but a million realized...
0: people pre-ordered it, and then it came out that's and true. it tanked, and that's basically the same thing that happened to Colonial Marines everybody was all hyped for it. We, we saw these playable demos that were freaking amazing. And then we got the game and it was nothing like anything we had seen in the previews. So I, I think people are just bitter with that.
1: Uh, it sounds like it. And I am feeling it might be a hard time uh, for Alien Isolation indeed. And the last game I wanted to talk about is um, something that we're also hopefully getting get sent to us. Uh, by our good friends at Bethesda, is The Evil Within. Um, and the reason why I include it on this list is because, A, it's the major release for Bethesda this fall, and B, it's something out of their realm as far as a new IP that's not Fallout or uh, Elder, Scrolls. Elder Scrolls related. And and to me, that that's you're banking your entire fall season um, or a great chunk of it on this game because The Elder Scrolls Online has not produced the way it should have. And the console release is still months away, at the most, if it is still going to come out at all on consoles. Um, so basically, Bethesda's hopes at, at this point in time are going to be on that game.
0: I just, Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just have a hard time with everybody... Wanting to think that their MMO is going to be the Blizzard Wild wow Slayer. No one's even come close. You know, Blizzard has lost, what, uh, 5 million subscribers, so about 40% of their user base, and they're still triple the closest peak of anybody else. So, I, I mean, everybody's putting in and they're expecting to get 5 or 10 million players. In their MMO, but oh yeah, there's only about 10 million players playing MMOs at all right now, between all of the games. So, f- a lot of companies' expectations are just too high. You shouldn't expect more than a million uh, subscribers. I don't know where Elder Scrolls is, but typically most of them hit you know the one or two million mark for the first two to three months, and then by month six, they're down to like 300,000 because the novelty of the game just is worn off. A lot of them try to be either extremely casual or extremely hardcore, and there's no middle ground. And, and a lot of them try to be, you know, take one aspect of wow that everybody loves. And that's the only thing in the game They they don't have the the things that wow does. But I mean, for for as to the evil within, you know, yeah, it, it definitely is the game that they're putting all of their their time and effort into for this holiday season, and it could be great, but everybody hears Bethesda and you think Fall Fall of Duty. Wow, my brain is going to mush. Fallout or um, Elder Scrolls, and anything that could
1: be the future of gaming, right there. Yeah, Fall of Duty.
0: Yes, <laughs> if it is, uh, I I want one percent royalties. Just just putting that out there right now. Um, but I mean, y- you hear Bethesda, and you think Fallout or Elder Scrolls. And if it's not that, you're thinking, okay, is this a B studio? Is this a passion project? Is this, you know, X Y Z? You're not thinking, oh, this is the team that made you know, Elder Scrolls, and Fallout. I can't wait for this game. So I think it's another one of those games that's kind of wait and see. And it could do really well, it could do really bad. I think it'll do better than Alien. I think it'll do worse than the Lord of the Rings game. That That's just my opinion. On, because, you know, when you, you talk Bethesda, yes, Bethesda does normally come out with a very high quality game, um you know they set the standard for their genres and everybody else copies them but there seems to be since the fall of
1: resident evil as far as it as a survival horror, horror game yeah. there seems to be this clamor for the next survival horror big, juggernaut that's
0: also the problem uh, is there are so many other games like that recently because dead space and they're dead all space bad. Was, okay dead space, dead was, space good. was going to be that but it
1: decided to go away from that and become an action game
0: yeah now, because they you sell, have, it
1: sell better. But now you have Alien Isolation, now you got exactly the Evil Within, uh you have Silent Hills on the in in the not too distant future. You have all these uh, a lot of other games are that are coming, even the Order eighteen eighty six, which they want to put pieces of survival horror in there as well, they all want to become that next um, survival horror series game. But the problem is the existing survival horror IPs want to get out of that genre, although Resident Evil is supposed to be coming back to that genre, if that makes any sense. So be that as it may, um, you and I both see that there's a limited audience for this. Even even as great as Dead Space was, um, there seemed to be a limited number of people who will buy it. Um, we had a game that uh, we got to preview uh, before others uh, called Daylight, which we were, had high hopes on as far as the downloadable title is concerned. And, and even that, once it came out to the reviews and didn't prom, you know, promote itself as, as, pop, as hopefully as well as they, they, were, they were planning on, um, it didn't actually uh, come to fruition as far as a great number of sales. So I think with you know, uh, this renewed emphasis on survival horror, is concerned, I'm not sure if it's really based in fact as far as you know, it being a solid genre to lean on for sales. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I, I don't think that that genre can handle a $60 title. I just think too many games recently have burned the consumer in that genre. You know, oh, they've got one great game and then they come out with a sequel and it's nothing like the original. They take all the bad things about it and change it and take all the good things about it and get rid of it. Um, a, a lot of the times this is what happened or the game is just terrible and overhyped to begin with. And so I think a lot of you know that that style of game are, are burned out on those games. I think it's a budget thirty or forty dollar title. Um, that genre has a chance, but I think it's sixty bucks. You you've got to, you know, it's gotta be a tie in it's got to be from a studio that everybody adores for making maybe not that style of game, but something really, really similar. Um, You know, like maybe if Naughty Dog made one, you know, they've already got the action and things like that, and so it's, you know, 80% survival horror, 20% you know, more action than than what the diehards would want. But I think that's really the only way to do it um, and still please the... The, the, the diehards. And if you can't get the diehards, normally your game is going to fail. Because the diehards are who everybody looks to. Like, anytime an RPG comes out, my friends talk to me because they know I'm likely, maybe not played it, but I've talked to people who have played it. Um. You know, and if you can't get the, the, the diehards, the fanboys, to pick up your game, that's where you're you're going to be in trouble and I think the fanboys and diehards are just burnt out right now on on that genre because of the lack of quality that's come in the last couple of years if that makes any sense
1: no I actually 100% agree I just think it's something that uh, you know is very very risky that genre is very risky in its nature and I think people are looking for the next Resident Evil Resident Evil 4 And I just think they're going to have a hard time in trying to get that. And maybe Bethesda is a
0: bigger name than I think, and that they can pull more than just the RPG crowd. Maybe that's true. I'd be thrilled to see Bethesda have a third tentpole that isn't, you know, Fallout Elder Scrolls, because they're very, very similar games. But what they do in both of them is really great. I think they do in Dishonored.
1: I think they do in Dishonored have a third tentpole.
0: Yeah, but can, uh, they keep uh, the, can they keep that? I think, that that the hype. I don't want to say hype that game. The following that that game has through another game without destroying it, because there's so many things about that game that it's that game that people liked. And if you change too much, which Bethesda is known to change a lot from game to game, they could be in trouble. Dishonored Dishonor. too. I know
1: that is, it's on its way. I know they're they're very pleased with the sales of Dishonored 1, and I I, th- I think that's they're trying to make it a third temple. Yeah. Will the evil within be that other temple? Or
0: maybe a I'm combination not... of the two being the third temple, and you know go, kind of going Something back like and that. forth.
1: Until Doom comes out, the reboot of Doom.
0: You realize that your great-great-great-grandkids are going to be the ones to see that, right? That you are never going to see that in your life. I, I hope I hope we will, but
1: uh, I, you may, may be right. That and The Last Guardian. But, uh, or Half-Life 3. Yes. Yeah. And Left 4 Dead 3. Hey, but StarCraft
0: 2 finally came, so, you know, I, I guess anything is possible.
1: This is true. Uh, but unfortunately, Duke Nukem Forever came eventually as well.
0: I've never heard of it. I've erased it from <laughs> memory.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so this leads me to to probably a last subject I want to talk about. Uh, actually, two. I'll i I'll, I'll end it with two like I did on the previous one. Um, going through all the figures and going through all the bundles that are coming out, whether it's the Sunset Overdrive bundle, um, which is Sunset Overdrive being a game that I think is going to have a hard time selling on its own, but being bundled with the Xbox One is very attractive because I think it's going to be a really solid entry, uh, at least initially, um, whether it's the Drive Club uh, as far as the bundle, because I think, again, it's going to have the same issues as, as as Overdrive in that it on its own won't sell, but in a package, in a bundle, it, it might be uh, somewhat attractive than you have as far as the, the bigger games to look forward to. And with the PS4, the one thing they're lacking is that really really promotable um, first-party title coming out this year. um, I think Xbox
0: One has a slight problem, too, because it's only the Master Chief Collection. That's their biggest game. uh,
1: But I think that they're going to center themselves around that. Well, yes,
0: they're going to, but I think that having to do that is pretty... They needed I don't something I, bigger because a remake I, to me is always going to be a remake.
1: I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be attractive to a lot of. Now oh, I'm sorry to say this, older people like you and I, because older gamers like you and I were playing Halo Two back in 2003 and 2004, and and a remastered version of that plus over 90 maps. You're talking about getting all four Halo games plus 90 maps. Once you try to throw that
0: in both know, the original value. graphics and updated new HD graphics, yeah, I, I mean, yes. I think the game is going to be very attractive. I'm not yes. saying that it won't be. I'm saying that having that as your only major exclusive for the holiday season is pulling a Nintendo. Relying on one big thing just is not. Smart to me. Mind oh. you, Sony has none. Sony really has yeah. nothing. Well, this in, year. Essence, in, in essence, and they're all,
1: all doing that. All. Sony, Sony is with packaging its Destiny because even though Destiny is available on multi-formats... The PS4 you know, is they, the definitive version of
0: it, by far.
1: Yeah, so it, it, in essence, they're all in the same boat. Um, do I think Xbox One will be more competitive? I do, in fact, think they will be competitive. I still do I don't think, think they win. No, I think PS4 right now is just—it's just the ticket. And with the con- general consumer in mind, they're slow to change in some aspects. So even if the Xbox One is definitely better in some aspects, they—the consumer themselves are going to hey, the PS4 is hot. PS4 has been selling great all year. I got to get that for my kid because that's all I know. Yes. Um, the the Wii U—if it doesn't come out with Super Smash Brothers—I think it's in trouble.
0: They—they'll be dead uh, in the water this holiday season and. Come January, Microsoft will have made up the two and a half million consoles it's behind. So, uh,
1: this once again uh, Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives. Please check us out at www.yourgamesource.com. If you have a question or a response or a comment or hate mail or anything you don't like, Angry Nick's Bear Hat, whatever, Gamesource on Facebook, uh, you can just send us a tweet at Gamesource. You want to follow us there. We really appreciate it. We need all the likes and followers we can get so that we can get to you the fastest information possible as far as around the gaming scene and also the great stuff that we provide you here from GameSource. Or if you want to email us directly, or if you would like to be a part of the staff, because we're always looking for people that want to host their own podcasts, be a part of podcasts, write their own reviews, write their own opinions on the gaming scene, um, and things of that nature. You really can't
0: be worse than Angry Nick, so why not?
1: This is true, and because he's not here, it's much easier to rip on him. Oh, I and much do more enjoyable. it his face. Well, I do it, too, uh, every day, uh, you know, when he calls me on the phone, he complains about something, but that's will complain
0: about this in a couple of days, but that's okay. Uh,
1: that's true, that's true. But you can uh, always send us an email, info at yourgamesource.com, and uh, we really, truly appreciate any support that you might want to give to us. Watching, listening, reading, what have you—we truly appreciate it and and value your. If you think we need input. to cover
0: something that we aren't covering, even if it's not quite gaming related and it's it's nerdy related, go ahead and let us know. Uh, we're we're all down for getting the content that you want us to get to you.
1: Yep. If you'll want, if you'll come by our site to look at it, we'll definitely put it up there. Uh, just let us know. Info at yourgamesource.com at Game Source on Twitter and source on Facebook. So again, it's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, my full name now. Uh, Yeah,
0: that's like on his official uh, driver's license. It says Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives. That'll be my new PSN name if we're ever
1: allowed to change it. Instead of Yes Elvis Lives, (laughs) it's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives. Uh, And then also, if we've got Aaron, thanks again for being a part. Uh, Anyway, as far as the best get a hold of you,
0: um, go go through our Facebook page. Um, I don't give out my personal info. Uh, you can go. It's uh, Aaron Hicks at yourgamesource.com dot com is directly to me. Forwards to one of my other email addresses, and I do respond to it, assuming it's not complete spam or garbage. But um, you know the 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 Facebook page is probably one of the better ways, along with the info at yourgamesource.com, dot com, because that goes to uh, quite a few of us and. Somebody can always get back to you a lot faster than if you individually email me. And Unless catch all the has great reviews. it to be me for whatever reason.
1: This is true. And catch all the great reviews that you put up on our reviews page at yourgamesource.com/reviews.html and your own page, the OSC Water Polo page <laughs> yes, at yes. yourgamesource.com/oscwaterpolo.html. html. So uh, once again, want to thank you for listening, watching. However you got a hold of us, up with us. today. <laughs> yes, on the GameSource podcast. Thank you again. We appreciate it. And have yourself a great day.